I think my husband would agree that I am the better half, so... Just kidding. Um, oh, well, it's really good to be here. It's, it's interesting for me to be here, actually, because uh, I was actually an Emmaus student. Well, it wasn't called Emmaus before, but before it became Emmaus, it used to be called YCF, and I was here in 2004. Um, YCF, yes. I was here in 2004, and then I came back in 2005 to help my friend lead this ministry, actually. So before Pastor Christian and Pastor Aaron took over this ministry, my friend was heading it up. So I was in this room, actually, and it, for me, it's, this is an incredible blessing to see so many faces, because back then... I kid you not, it was like five to ten people every week. And when I was a student in 2004, it was the praise team plus three of us in the seats, right? And so I just, I'm just really blessed to see all these faces and to know that there are many more of you guys that couldn't make it tonight, right? And just God's just doing an amazing thing here at Emmaus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, and I was asking the Lord, what, what should I release to these students? I was thinking, God, like, what do they need to hear? Uh, How much can they handle almost? And the Lord started to convict me. And then he started reminding me of 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. And you guys are probably aware of it. But it says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. And so I just started getting convicted. And I was, I'm thinking, like, how much can these students handle? And I felt like God was saying, you know what? I'm raising up a new standard at Emmaus. These are not college kids, but these are warriors for his kingdom. And I just felt like God was saying, don't baby them. See them in the spirit and the way that God sees you guys. He sees you guys as powerful ministers of the Lord. And so I felt convicted and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hold back today. I'm not going to give you guys milk. I'm giving you some steak tonight. Right? And so regardless of your background, some of you might just got saved. Some of you guys may have just coming, have been living lives of backsliddenness and then just came back to the Lord. Some of you may have been faithfully walking with the Lord, but regardless of your background, I just felt like God is saying he's going to take all of you guys to a new level. Amen. Amen. And one thing I kind of want to remind you of is what my husband preached two weeks ago. And he said uh, that the word and the vision that he got for Emmaus was that Emmaus is filled with burning ones burning ones that everywhere you go on campus, you guys are going to be burning ones and you're going to set other people on the campus on fire. And I just kind of like started thinking about that. And and the Lord started speaking to me and telling me, you know what? This is Emmaus. And I was like, yeah, duh, you know, it's Emmaus. And then I was reminded of Luke chapter 24, which is your theme verse, right? It's the road to Emmaus. And the one thing that the Lord highlighted to me was a part where the two men, they're conversing with each other and they're saying, did our hearts not burn as he opened up the scriptures to us? And I felt like one way that God wants to burn you guys, one way that he wants you guys to burn is in a revelation of the word, in a revelation of the scriptures. And so if you're ready to burn for a hunger and a revelation for the word. And let me see you and hear you say amen. 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 So tonight we're going to just feast on some words. And tonight I'm not, the, the word that I'm preaching itself isn't the steak. But I'm setting you guys up for the steak. Okay. It's one thing for me to preach 
And then another thing for me to give you practical steps to live out the word of God. Amen. So tonight I want to give you some practical steps. Okay. And so let's all turn to um, James chapter 1 verses 22 to 25. James chapter 1 verses 22 to 25. And let me just open us up in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, that most of our midterms are over. God, and I thank you for a victorious week. But Lord, I thank you that each week that these students come out here, God, they come with a hunger to burn for you, God, with a hunger to allow your words to burn in their hearts, Father God. And so, Lord, I just pray right now for every student in this room that you would open up the scriptures to them, oh God. Right now, I just pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall in this room, that the things that they did not understand before would become something so simple and so revelatory to them. Oh God, Lord, I thank you that the word of God is living and active, Lord, that it's sharper than a two-edged sword, oh God. And I just declare in this room that the word of God is going to go forth and just pierce their hearts. And I thank you that even tonight, their hearts are going to just burn for you, God. I pray that you would just consume them with your fire tonight. Lord, I pray right now that you would wake up every single person in this room, God, that you will wake them up in the spirit, but also in the physical as well. And that, Lord, the word that goes out tonight would just set them on fire, God. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's read James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. I'll be reading from ESV, but, oh well, we'll read together. One, two, three. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So in verse 22, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. It says here that when you hear the word and you don't actually do it according to the word, you're actually in self-deception. How are you being deceived by yourself if you hear the word and you don't do it? It's like being obese. It's like the spiritual obesity. You just fill yourself with words. You fill yourself with revelations. You eat, 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 but it has no effect. You don't exercise it. You don't burn off the calories. You don't practice it. You don't put the word of God into effect in your lives. And all of a sudden, you're just spiritually obese. And the way that this kind of looks like self-deception is because you're feeding yourself so much, you're catching up on the podcasts, you're listening to every sermon that's preached from the pulpit, you're reading up on Christian living, you're doing all these things, you're filling yourself up, you're filling, 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 filling yourself up, but it has no effect in your lives, right? And so in that way, you think all is well. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. My spiritual life is healthy because I'm reading the Bible every day because I'm doing all these things. And you think you're actually doing really well, but in reality, you're just spiritually obese, you know? And so in that way, when you're only hearing the word of God and not doing in accordance to the word of God, you're just really deceiving yourself. 
And sometimes we walk away from the word of God feeling challenged. I've, yeah, I'll snap. How many times have you heard a guest speaker come into this room and from your churches as well? They speak a powerful message and you're convicted by it and you're challenged by it. You walk away and you're like, oh, snap, that was so good. Yet it doesn't change you. The word of God is not supposed to just challenge you, but it's supposed to change you. Amen. Amen. Let's turn right now to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow. The word of God is alive. It should affect us in some sort of way. When you really submit yourself to the word of God, you can't move away from the word of God without being changed. Not just challenged, but completely changed. And it's supposed to be this way. Let's look at verses 23. If we go back to James chapter 1, verses 23 to 24, it says, let me read it out to you again. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Simply just hearing but not doing the word of God is like looking at yourself in the mirror and you see a booger on your face. There's something wrong. What's the natural response? When you look into the mirror, you've got a booger on your face. You look at your teeth and you've got like that gochikaru, that red thing that never goes away. You've got that in your teeth. What's the natural response? You pick it. I mean, like, you pick it, you remove it, you take it out. You want to do something with it. That's the correct response. Whenever the word of God speaks to you, the word of God is like a mirror of truth. And when you look into the word of God, it convicts you. It says, no, that's sin. That's got to go. And yet we're convicted by it. We're challenged by it. Then we walk away from the sanctuary. We walk away from large group and we're thinking, I don't remember a thing. That's what it looks like to just hear the word of God and not to do it. And wouldn't you want someone to tell you that you've got a booger hanging out of your nose? And, you know, for the men, now that I'm, I'm married, like, you know, men have an issue with, like, nose hairs, right? They do. Like, not that my husband does. He doesn't, you know. Um, he does it because I take care of him. Um, but for men, right? Nose hairs, it's, it's a problem. But if, if you've got, like, nose hairs and you're, like, sitting with a girl that you really like and your friend, your buddy is right there, he sees your face and he doesn't do anything about it, I mean, there's something wrong in that relationship, right? I mean, if there's something there, the Lord's going to want to reveal it, not to expose it and condemn you, but to say, look, there's something there. Let's take care of that, right? And so... Here it says in James, when you see something, when you see something, something in the word of God and it convicts you, it challenges you, respond. Let it change something in you. Let it have that effect. Let it be alive and effective in your life. That's what James is saying here. All right. It says in the next verse, but the man, I'll, I'll read from the NIV. 
in verse 25, it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. In other words, he's saying, if you do, as I tell you to do, you're going to be blessed. So just do it. Right. And if you don't know James, he's gangster. He tells it as it is. I don't know if you have friends who are like completely blunt for me. I'm really sensitive. Like I'm, I'm uber sensitive. Like someone can say something and I over process and over analyze. I'm a melancholic. I'm like that. Right. But I do have friends that just tell me as it is. James was that sort of person. He doesn't care. He says, you know, this Well, so does the devil. He's like, he's like in your face about these things. So his word here in verses 22 to 25 is saying, basically, this is the word of God. Do it. This is the word of God. Just do it. He's saying, just do it. No answer, no questions, nothing. Just do it. But tonight I want to say that that's not the word that I have for you tonight. It's not just do it because I've been there. I want to read the word of God. I want to do as the word of God tells me to do, but then there's that struggle, right? So I've been there. So my message tonight is not just do it, just submit, just do as it says in the word of God. What I want to say is that there are healthy steps that you can take in order to do the word of God and not just hear. And so tonight I want to give you practical steps, practical steps to doing the word of God. So, so far, I've told you that hearing the word without responding with action is self-deceptive, right? It's like spiritual obesity. I told you that hearing the word and doing it is the only proper response, right? If you see something in the mirror, you're going to try to take care of it, right? Hearing the word and responding with action actually leads to blessings, right? And tonight, what I want to say is in order to do the word of God, you got to eat it up. You got to really eat it up. And how many of you guys like eating? Like I love eating, especially potatoes. Like I love potato anything. I, I love potato anything. I don't know if you guys know about this dish, but it's called a pierogi. No, it's like this Mennonite Polish, I don't know, Mennonite mandu. Okay. So it's like this sour cream dough and it's filled with Mashed potatoes and cheese. Sounding good, right? Yeah. And then you saute it in bacon. Oh, yeah, I know. You saw, yeah, right? You saute it in bacon and onions, and you can, you know, dip it in sour cream or not, whatever, but it's, it's amazing, right? That's, like, probably one of my favorite foods in the world. Um, I love mashed potatoes, obviously. I love poutine. Any Canadians here? Jess Leanne. <laughs> Jess Leanne. Okay, because it's just Leanne, we're going to sing the Canadian anthem here. Uh, no. Um, yeah, like poutine. If you don't know what that is, it's basically French fries with cheese curds on top of it. And then you pour hot gravy, like burning hot gravy all over it, and it melts the cheese curds. Mmm. Sounds good, right? Sounds like a heart attack. Um, but, I mean, just... You know, we have a friend uh, who, have you heard of Yaletown? Oh, yeah, yeah Town has pretty legit poutine. You know, if you want, you can check it out there. Um, but I love food. I love food. And one of the hardest things for me to do is fast. I, I, yeah, everyone thinks, oh, you're an intercessor. You must be fasting all the time. I'm just like, no. 
you know, and, and the Lord really needs to make himself clear to me for me to fast. Really, I don't enjoy fasting. Once I do, I do because there's grace to do it. But I love food, right? And, and um, I just want to say for those who do enjoy food, I want to say you can enjoy the word of God just as much, even more even more. And I just want to share three practical steps that you need to take in order to really enjoy the word of God, not just read it, but to enjoy it and to make sure that what you hear and read from the word actually takes effect in your lives. Amen. Um, first thing, first step, it's going to come as a huge revelation. So you got to catch it. All right. Number one, open your mouth. Open your mouth. It's really easy. Just read the Bible. Just read the Bible. It says in Matthew 4, 4, everyone knows this. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen? From every word. And, and a lot of times we, we refer to the word of God as our daily bread, as our spiritual food. But for how many of us is the word of God really, literally our daily bread? How many of us really feast on the word of God every day? I don't mean to condemn you, but just to, to give us a reality check that there's something seriously sort of like separating us from having a hunger, a genuine hunger for the word of God, right? And I know, um, how many of you guys struggle with having quiet times? You can be honest, no condemnation. How many of you guys struggle with understanding the word of God? I'm right there with you too. I don't know if you know my story, but I had serious reading and comprehension problems. Ever since I could remember, probably third grade, and I was really smart, actually. Like, not to boast, but I was really smart when I was little. And um, I just could not understand what I would read. So I would read a book, and we would have these reading and comprehension exams, like in third grade. Who does that, right? But I would read this book, and I would read it so eloquently, really, really good pronunciation, all this stuff. And yet my teacher would ask me a question. So um, what was his friend's name? I'd be like, I don't know. He had a friend? You know, I would, it, the things that I would read, I would not be able to comprehend with my mind. And the thing is, I could have sought help. But for me, especially being part of a K Korean family and me being like the superstar of the entire house, like me being the hotshot in the family, I didn't want to tell my parents. I didn't want to tell them that their child had a reading disability, right? And so I lived with it my entire life, basically. And so university, man, you got a lot of reading in university, right? I don't know about in Korea as an exchange student. I know my load here wasn't as big. But I remember, like, huge textbooks, reading after readings after readings. And things that would take, like, three hours for people to read, it would take me, like, literally, like, ten hours. Because I would read the first sentence halfway through the page, and I'm like, what the heck did I just spend the last two, three minutes reading? And I would start all over again. Anyone feel that? Anyone experience that? Oh, my gosh. There's massive deliverance coming tonight. But seriously, I would experience that. You know how that feels. You, you feel stupid. You feel like, oh, my gosh, what the heck is wrong with me? I'm intelligent, but I don't understand what I'm reading here. And that's what I went through all my life. And so naturally, when it came to the word of God, I didn't want to read it. I mean, it was, it, was, it was harder. It seemed like it was harder than biology, harder than chemistry, harder than calculus, you know. And I just didn't want to read it. And 
for me, calculus was difficult. So I don't know. Some of you are like, what? You know, but, um, (laughs) um, yeah, so naturally I didn't want to read the, the word of God and the irony of all of this is for five years in Korea, I've been here for almost seven full years in Korea. And for five years of my stay in Korea, I was in the publishing industry. And that's so ironic, huh? God has a sense of humor. I hated books. And then the Lord called me to work with books. I hated it, but then I started enjoying it. But what happened to me, actually, um, it was probably in 2006, I believe, in 2006, just God just started to rekindle this hunger for him. I had not backslidden, but I had really, like, become skeptical about God about his existence in my life. And through that time, the Lord began to woo me and began to reveal himself to me. And then um, all of a sudden, I just got this hunger for the word. And I, I was in between jobs for about two months. And for the two months, I lived probably just five minutes from this campus. And every single day, I don't know if there's still a Holly's Coffee. There is on the main road, right? Right by the, uh, the, the traffic light. Every day, except for Sundays, because I would have to go to church, every single day, I would be at that Holly's Coffee from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. just reading the Bible. I hated reading. What happened to me? You know, I hated reading. And all of a sudden, when I started opening up the scriptures, all of a sudden, the things that I used to read just came alive to me. It started making sense. I would read one chapter and then it's like, oh my gosh, that's what he meant by that in a previous book. And all of a sudden, even like Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so yummy. This is so mashisal. You know, I'd be like, this is so good. And it started making sense to me. No longer was it like this history book, by the way, I hate history because there's a lot of reading, right? Um, I hated history, but no longer was the Bible like a history book to me. It became my lineage. It became my story. It was like, that was my inheritance. All of a sudden, the things that I thought was boring, all of a sudden was just like, oh my gosh, like, oh, heaven's opening up and like the angels descending. And it it was incredible. And that was incredible for me because how many of you have made reading through the Bible your New Year's resolution? Every year since like middle school, that was my new year's resolution. January 2nd was a day I would fall. Like seriously, like January 1st, I'm like, I read the Bible today. The next day I'm like, oh, next year, you know? And it it was such a struggle for me to read the Bible. But then all of a sudden the word became flesh to me. All of a sudden, they weren't words. They weren't just plain stories. All of a sudden, it began to change me. It began to change the way that I thought, the the way that I would even look at the word of God. It would change the way that I saw myself even. I would see myself in the word of God. And the story of Moses especially, I would be like, I'm Moses. I'm not eloquent in speech. I'm preaching to you tonight, but that's not my story. This is God living and active in my life, his word being active and living in my life. Because I used to have an incredible fear of public speaking. Incredible fear. And all of a sudden in the story of Moses, in the story of Daniel, in the story of Joshua, all of a sudden I, I began to see myself in a new light. 
And then the word began to transform me. But it only started as I opened up the scriptures. Right? And so number one, open your mouth. Everyone turn to your neighbor and say, just say, open your mouth. Open your mouth. And I feel like this is such a timely word for Emmaus right now because I understand that everyone's been experiencing like a Holy Spirit renewal. You know, there's been a lot of healings and signs, wonders, and a lot of like manifestations of the Spirit. But I just want to say I encourage all of that. I love it. I love it. I love it when I see someone healed right before my eyes. I love it when someone experiences the love of God tangibly. I love seeing those things. But I feel like this is a timely word because it says in the word that heaven and earth will fade. It will pass away. But my word will remain. It will never fade away. It will remain And so all those things, though they are good and though I want everyone to continue to press in for them, one day, believe it or not, all the miracles are going to stop. All the healings are going to stop. There's going to be no need because Jesus is going to come. But his word is going to remain. And so I feel like for Emmaus, God is really calling you guys, not just in a vague sense, just be burning ones, just like, you know, going out there. But really, another dimension of being a burning one for the Lord is to really burn with the scriptures. Burn with something that's never going to change. Burn with something that you can depend on. Even though the universe is going to come to an end, the word of God will remain the same. And so I want everyone, if you really are hoping that everything that you've been experiencing here in Korea, that when you go back to your hometowns, you want to continue to experience, base it on the word of God. Because one day when the manifestations stop, if you don't have the word of God, you're going to be disillusioned. One day when the healings and the miracles stop around you, one day when you go back home, you might not be a part of a spiritual community And all of a sudden, the things that you experienced here are no more. Your faith cannot decrease. Why? Because the word of God is so burning in you. And so that's why I feel like this is a timely word for everyone. Right? And it says in Psalm 81.10, and write this down if you don't know it. Psalm 81.10. It says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Trust me, when you open your mouth, when you say, God... Feed me. I want your word. When you just open up your mouth, he's going to be faithful to begin to fill you up. For me, it wasn't just me being like all like disciplined one day saying, I'm going to read the Bible because I failed for the last, what, 15 years of my life to fulfill my New Year's resolution of reading the Bible. It's not going to take discipline. It's just you saying, God, I'm going to open my mouth. Now you fill it up. And so in your heart, if you want your heart to burn with the scriptures, just simply open up your mouth and just say, God, I'm going to go into your word. And I just ask that you fill me up with revelation. That's all it takes, really. And it's God's faithfulness that's going to take you there. So number one, what you need to do in order for you to not just hear but to do the word is to simply open your mouth. Number two, chew. You got to chew the word of God. You got to seek understanding of the Bible. Some of us might have very disciplined spiritual lives where you read the Bible every day, almost religiously. You haven't skipped a single day since you've been in Korea. And that's great. 
That's great. But the word of God is not like milk. It's not like liquid. It's, suppo- it's supposed to be meaty. God wants to f- us to feast on his word. So there's going to be times where you're going to have to chew and chew and chew until you understand the scriptures. But how many of us, it's our goal to just read through the Bible in one year? Let's be honest. A lot of us, that's our goal. It's just simply, I want to read the entire Bible in this year, and that's my simple goal. But let's talk about this. Why don't we start letting the word of God begin to read us? Instead of trying to zoom through the Bible and say, check, 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 check. I went through all of the Old Testament. Check, 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 check. I finished the New Testament. I'm done. Hooray. Good for me. I'm a very spiritually healthy person. Instead of being like that, to really digest, to really chew on the revelations that God gives to us. How many times as we're reading the Bible do we come across a word that we don't understand? There's a lot, right? Let's be honest. There's, There's a lot. And how many of us will wrestle with it? Really wrestle with it and say, God, what do you mean by this? I don't think you're really getting the example. So let's turn to Song of Songs chapter 4. Some things in the Bible are very mysterious. Sometimes... It's just a mystery until you really dig deep, okay? And I'm just going to read verses 1 to 5, okay? And you'll get what I'm saying, okay? Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats leaping down the slopes of Galeed. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn ewes that have come up from the washing, all of which bear twins, and not one among them has lost its young. Your lips are like a scarlet thread, and your mouth is lovely. Your cheeks are like halves of a pomegranate behind your veil. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built in rows of stone. On it hang a thousand shields, all of them shields of warriors. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle that graze among the lilies. Until the day breathes and the shadows flee, I will go away to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense. How many of you are feeling lost right now? (laughs) What? The pomegranates? What? The breasts of two fawns? What? Twins? What is going on here, right? But all scripture is God-breathed. There is not a single word or verse in the Bible that is wasteful, that means nothing to us. The word of God is living and active. And even from a scripture verse like this, there's so much that God wants to teach us. But how many of us are willing to sit on it and chew on it like steak, like really hard steak and just chew on it and be like, I don't get this Lord and begin to ask God for revelation. How many of us really do that? Right. And so if you really want to graduate from, from liquids to solid foods, you're going to have to chew no more force feeding, no more just listening to sermons and letting someone else interpret this text for you, but you actually digging into the scriptures. And if you don't understand, seek understanding from the Lord. Seek understanding from your familiar leaders. The Lord loves to give understanding. He loves to share his mysteries with us. But we just need to ask. It says, you have not because you ask not. And he's saying, begin to ask, and I'm going to give you revelation. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number three, and this is the last point. 
swallow. So we need to first open up our mouths, then chew on the food that we eat, and then we need to swallow. And it seems so elementary, but not too many Christians actually do this. How many times have you walked into a service and said, mmm, that's a good word. Mmm, that's a good word. That tastes good. That's so sweet. And yet you turn around and you completely forget it. God's saying, don't just chew on it. Don't just get an interpretation of the text. Don't just puff up in knowledge, but let it go down deep. Begin to swallow it and let it be nourishment to your body. Did you know that there are seminarians out there who study the Bible in order to refute it? There are seminarians out there who aren't Christian, who are in seminary, like digging into the scriptures And yet the word has no effect in their lives. Let's not be dead seminarians like that. And I'm going to quote my husband just a a little bit earlier. He was saying there are people who are not saved, right? Once you're saved, you're saved. But there are people who just know the word of God really well. And they read through the scriptures. They can read through it front to back, back to front so many times and still go to hell. I'm not calling you guys to to become seminarians and to search through the scriptures just for answers and just for knowledge. I'm saying get the knowledge, get an understanding, and then begin to let it take effect in your lives. you got to swallow it. And so many of us, when we get into situations and circumstances that are difficult, all of a sudden we become spiritual bulimics. You know the food is good. You know the word of God is good. You put it in your mouth and you taste it and it tastes really good. And so initially you might swallow it. But then you get into a situation where it's difficult or whatnot and you just like throw it right back up. And the word has no effect in your lives. How many times do you read in the Bible that you are more than a conqueror? And then once a situation comes up where there's an obstacle and you have to overcome it, you have to conquer it, all of a sudden you back out. You just spit out the word of God. That's what basically we do all the time. And I feel like God is saying, just swallow it. Let it digest. Let it have power over your lives. And tonight's message is really simple, right? Open up your mouth. Chew on the revelations. Swallow it. Let it take effect. You don't have to force yourself through discipline to do the word of God. You got to let the word of God begin to transform you. So many of us, we're so caught up in being a good Christian. We're so caught up in just consuming the word of God. But what's the, when's the last time you let the, God, uh, the word of God consume you? It's not about consuming things, but it's allowing the fire of God to consume you. It's like getting into the scriptures and you digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's starting to transform you. It's starting to bring revelation into you. And all of a sudden you're a different person. And I feel like the word for everyone here tonight is though you might not think you have a hunger for the words, as long as you open up your mouth, God's going to fill you up. And even if you don't think you're disciplined enough to read the word of God every day, don't worry. He's going to give that ability, that fire in you, that hunger to you. And so it's not our doing, but really us just saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm just going to open my mouth and I want you to fill it up. And when you fill it up, God, I'm going to actually commit to chewing on it, letting it rest there until it becomes part of me.
How many of you um, met Pastor Benjamin or heard him speak before? You know what he does? As he reads through the scriptures, as he was sharing with us um, that he, w- he goes through the Psalms, the book of Psalms, and he gets by this one passage, and it just doesn't make sense to him. And though it makes sense to him, it's not true in his life. Then he'll just sit on that passage, and he'll just sit on it until and, and speaks it over himself until it becomes part of him. You know that part in in the Psalms where it says, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. And we read and we're like, oh, yeah, I have to remember to do that. And you just skim through it. And you say, okay, there's my Bible reading for the day. But God is really calling us to be like, I'm depressed, God. I'm really depressed right now. I'm downcast right now. But this is what your word says. So I'm going to sit here, eat it up, swallow it digest it and not leave this place until that becomes my reality. The word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's living and active. And the more you claim it, the more you uh, speak the word of God over yourself, it begins to transform you. It's not brainwashing. It's not wishful thinking. The word of God has power to change us. And so I feel like in this room, God is really raising up a new standard of those who will really just feast on his word, those who will be committed to his word, not just committed to his power, not just committed to what he can do for you, but really committed to every word that comes from his mouth, to make his word your daily bread. And so right now, I'm just, I just want to invite everyone to just close your eyes. In this room, I want to say that God is showing no partiality. Whether you just became a believer or you've been a believer for years, this is a word for each and every one of you. My prayer for you guys, and I believe that this is God's heart for every one of you in this room is, is to see you leave Korea and go back to your hometowns, go back to your Jerusalems after this Emmaus Road experience with a heart that is burning with the scriptures. Not just an experience of the supernatural, but an encounter with the living word of God. So if you've been struggling with reading the word of God in any way, if it's been a struggle, it's been a burden or whatnot, or even you have been reading the word, but you just want it to really burn in your heart. You want to have more understanding, more knowledge, more wisdom and revelation of the scriptures. If that's you, I want you to stand up. And right now, no one's going to lay hands on you. This is between you and the Lord. And there's no condemnation in this room. No need to worry about, you know, 
whether someone sees you standing up or not, about someone judging your spirituality or whatnot. This is just between you and the Lord. Tonight's message is really simple. The Lord's just saying, open your mouth and I will fill it. He's saying, open your mouth and I'm going to fill it. But you know what? I'm calling you to a new standard. I don't call you baby Christians. Let no one despise you because of your age. Don't despise yourselves even because of your age. He's calling you to a whole new level of maturity. And the Emmaus students that come next semester and the semesters to come, they're going to enter into your ceilings as their floor. God is raising you guys up as a new standard for this college ministry. He's saying, I'm not, I don't want to feed you milk anymore. I don't want to tickle your ears anymore. I want to fill your mouth with solid food. I want to give you something that you can chew on. But I feel like he's saying, I need to know that you're willing to chew on his word. You're willing to stop for the revelation. You're willing to allow the Lord to touch your heart and to burn your hearts with the revelation of the scriptures. He doesn't want you to, to leave this place. He doesn't want you to go back to your Jerusalem with just a simple good experience of church. He wants your hearts to burn with the scriptures. That's what he wants to burn you with. He wants to raise you up as burning ones who are burning with the scriptures, burning with revelation, burning with wisdom and understanding. And it says in the word of God, if you lack understanding, just ask and I will give it to you. And so right now, I just want to invite you to open up your mouths Don't worry about the people next to you. Just open up your mouths and begin to ask the Lord, God, I'm going to open up my mouth. Lord, I ask that you would fill my mouth with your revelations. Fill my mouth with the scriptures. No longer do I want the Old Testament or the New Testament just to be a book, but I want to be spirit and life in my life. I don't want to walk away challenged by your word. I want to walk away changed by your word. And begin to call out to the Lord and just ask, God, I want revelation. God, I want wisdom. Open up the scriptures to me. And the things that were so familiar to me, the scriptures that were so familiar to me, would they be revelatory to me? Would they be my daily bread? So again, no one's going to lay hands. I just want you to begin to open up your mouths and really begin to cry out and ask Lord to begin to open up the scriptures to you, to burn your heart with the revelation of the scriptures, that he would anoint your lips with his words and that every word that goes into your mouth would be sweet.